verse 16. We're going to read three verses this morning, verses 16, 17, and 18. John chapter 3. Again, it's a privilege, uh, honor to be here with you today, and I pray that the Lord will bless us and uh, encourage us as we hear his word. John chapter 3, verse 16, the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's a very, very familiar verse. But the second verse, I'm not sure if it's as familiar as uh, verse 16. Verse 17 says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn or to judge the world, but that he sent him into the world to save the world. Let me read it again. God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Father, we ask your blessing upon your word today. Speak to our hearts, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. The title of my message this morning is Loving People to Jesus. Loving People to Jesus. I've been kind of dealing with the theme of love uh, this weekend. Uh, yes, last night we talked about uh, love, the greatest thing on earth. Uh, this morning I shared in uh, Luke chapter 15, verses 1 and 2, how the publicans and the sinners were going after Jesus because Jesus showed so much love and compassion uh, towards them. And uh, this morning, I want to continue that theme, that idea of loving people to Jesus. Uh, if you're here today and you're saved, you're a child of God, you're born again, uh, your fundamental mission here on planet Earth is to show people how they can become a part of God's kingdom. It's your responsibility and our responsibility and my responsibility is to show people how they can become a part of God's family. Uh, the last word that Jesus gave to his disciples was that they should go out into the world and make disciples, make followers. Uh, his last word was that they should go and show people how to be saved, how to be born again, and how to um, become a part of his kingdom. And that responsibility is also ours. The Apostle Paul in um, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 to 21, it says that God has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Reconciliation is reconnecting people to God, reconciling people to God. People have been disconnected from God. And we have the responsibility to show people how they can be reconnected to Almighty God. That is our mission. As a matter of fact, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible tells us that when he came here, he said, the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. 
The Bible tells us that uh, Jesus, in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, says that the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. As a matter of fact, the Lord Jesus, the Bible tells us that after his resurrection, Jesus said to his disciples, as my Father sent me, so send I you. That is our responsibility. Uh, you know, uh, this is uh, such a complicated and complex world in which we live. There are so many things coming at us. Every time I go to my mailbox and pull it out, it's like full of mail. Most of them is junk. So I rip it up and throw it away. But, you know, one or two of them are important. Uh, but there, there are things constantly coming at us, you know. Or, um, I, I know on my computer, I have to be constantly uh, getting rig- rid of uh, this email that's coming in. Uh, the other day, I think I had, I forget, I told my wife, I think I had uh, something like 20,000 emails on my computer. I haven't been cleaning it off, <laughs> and it seems like junk is just constantly coming in there, and I gotta, now I've got to be cleaning off every day because stuff is just com- constantly coming at us. You know, stuff in our own life, in our family, work, all of this, they're coming at us. But we need to remember that the most important, the most vital thing that we're here for is, by the grace of God, to show people how they can be reconnected to God, how they can become uh, children of God. In this 21st century, how do we fulfill this mission? How do we go about doing this? This is a question that we want to ask today. How can we effectively reach a world of broken people? How can we reach a post-Christian generation? People who really uh, don't, don't have any interest in God. They, they, they don't have any interest in God. They may have interest in spiritual things. But they have no interest in making a commitment to Almighty God. People that are in spiritual darkness, intellectual uh, uh, confusion, relational disconnection, all kinds of brokenness. How do we reach people in this 21st century? I think Jesus' mission on earth is an example or model to us. If you look here in verse 17, which... Uh, is the jumping, uh, the, the springboard this morning for our message. It says that God did not send Jesus into the world to judge the world. In verse 16, he sent his son into the world to save the world. Uh, but in verse 17, he did not send his son into the world to judge the world. And so even uh, as we live in this broken world, in this messed up world with all kinds of people, with all kinds of ideas and all kinds of philosophy and all kinds of behaviors, we need to remember that Jesus, our model, did not come into this world to condemn the world. He did not come into this world to judge the unsaved people around us. He came into this world so that through him, the unsaved can be saved. Jesus did not judge people. He did not judge lost people. Jesus, the one who showed us who God is like, 
the one, the Bible tells us that he was a manifestation. Uh, he exegeted God. When we look at Jesus, we see what God was, uh, is like. He, uh, God is a humble person. He's a kind. He's a compassionate person. We see Jesus as he lives his life. We're seeing God in person. And the Bible says that Jesus did not judge. He reached out to people, broken people with love and compassion. And if we're going to reach people, we've got to reach out to, to people with love, compassion, and mercy. I'm going to ask you to uh, uh, turn your Bible to uh, several passages here this morning. Let's go to Matthew chapter 9 to begin with. Matthew chapter 9, and uh, we'll begin at verse 9. In Matthew chapter 9, we see the call of Matthew. This guy is a publican, and verse 9, the Bible says, Jesus, as he passed by, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of custom. He was a tax collector, and he said to him, follow me. That's unusual. Jesus is calling a tax collector, one of these guys that were despised by his own people, one of the, the uh, this guy who was a uh, uh, an extortioner, this guy that collected taxes for the Roman government, uh, Jesus, the Son of God, is calling him. He wants him to be a part of his team. But let's let's continue. Jesus says, "Follow me," and the Bible says that he arose and followed him. <laughs> he arose and followed him. Wow. Who would expect that? Who would expect a guy like Matthew to get up and follow Jesus? My surmising is that Matthew was a guy who was seeking. He was a guy that was searching. Yes, he was sitting at the receipt of custom. He was collecting taxes for the Roman government. But in his heart, he wanted more than that. He wanted much more. He was waiting for someone to come and to show him mercy and to show him compassion. And when the Lord Jesus Christ called him, he was ready. He just walked away. He didn't even hesitate. He didn't even uh, turning his uh, resignation. <laughs> That's important. We need to do that, right? <laughs> Turn our resignation before we quit our job. Matthew didn't do that. Matthew just got up from this uh, tax booth, this tax collection booth he was sitting in. And he just got up. And he just left. And I can understand. In 1977, I was uh, in uh, the Navy, and I was given orders to go overseas to the Mediterranean. But before I left, my wife and my little daughter, who was two years old at the time, in my heart, I was just searching. I was seeking. I wanted to know, I knew that there was more to life than just serving in the Navy, going home, uh, having fun. Uh, I wasn't safe, you know, drinking here, drinking there, whatever, partying here, partying there. I knew in my heart that there was something deeper than that. And I was just seeking and I was searching. No one looking at me would know that. But I was seeking and searching. And uh, we left uh, Mayport, Florida. 
We're heading across the Atlantic to uh, Rhoda, Spain. And somewhere in the middle of the Atlantic, I was seeking, I was searching, I was saying, God, there's more to life than this. I, I want more than this. Somewhere in the middle of the Atlantic, some, a young man came up to me, another sailor, and invited me to a Bible study. Invited me to a study that they had on the ship every night. And I said, yes, I'll go. And I went that night, and I heard the gospel, and I went forward and asked the Lord Jesus Christ to save me. Here's a guy that was open. He wasn't judging me. He was just open, and he didn't know that I was seeking. He didn't know I was searching, but he invited me to a Bible study. I went, I heard the gospel, I gave my life to Jesus. And I'm here today by the grace of God. After many years, since 1977, I've been following the Lord and walking with Him. But it began when Aaron, my friend, invited me to a Bible study. And there are people that you probably know on your job, in your workplace, they may be rough around the edge, edges, Okay, there may be guys that are cursing, drinking, going to all kinds of stuff going on in their lives. But in their heart, they may be searching. They may be seeking. Don't judge them. Uh, just love them and connect with them, develop relationship with them. And maybe they may come to know Jesus. Matthew here is a guy that was sitting at the receipt of custom, all of the rabbis walking by and say, get out of here. All of the Jewish people, his fellow countrymen, get out of here. We don't want to have anything to do with this guy. But here comes Jesus. Follow me. He got up and he followed Jesus. And he arose and he followed him. And in verse 10, it came to pass, as Jesus sat uh, uh, at meat in the house, Behold, many publicans and sinners came and sat down with Jesus and his disciples. So somehow, uh, Matthew had a, a banquet for Jesus, okay, a big party for Jesus. And he invited his fellow publicans, invited his friends. And that's an amazing thing, guys. You uh, reach one person. And that one person reached somebody else, invited their unsaved friends to come to church or to come to a Bible study, to hear the gospel. It's just an amazing thing. Uh, Matthew invited his friends to come to this banquet, this party where Jesus was going to be. And all of them were there. It says publicans and sinners we don't know these guys. Some of these guys probably, I'm just assuming now, some of these guys might have been smoking. Some of them might have been cursing. Some of them might have been uh, drinking. They're publicans and they're sinners. They're not religious church goers. They're lost people. But they came to this place where Jesus was going to be. And the Bible says that they came and they sat down with him and his disciples. Oh, interesting. Here are these guys that had no interest in religion, 
They had no interest because nobody really cared for them. And they came and sat down with the Son of God and with the followers of Jesus. Jesus, as we mentioned earlier in in the Sunday school hour, that Jesus was showing compassion and mercy and kindness uh, to these individuals, and they felt very comfortable around him. They didn't feel threatened around him because he wasn't looking at them and judging them. He wasn't looking at this guy over here that might have a, you know, uh, whatever drink, Core 45, or I'm not sure what kind of drink there is out there now. But uh, whatever he's drinking and judging him. Uh, it, it, this guy over here may have said a curse word or something. Jesus heard it, but he didn't address that. At, not at this time. Because this guy's lost. And so they came and they listened. And they're sitting there. Jesus wants to influence them. Jesus is not there for them to influence him. He's there to influence them, to make a difference in their lives. And it says, uh, I'm sure Jesus is here and he's probably talking about some deep spiritual things. Things of uh, heaven and things of um, hope and peace and uh, the future and eternal life and all of that. And verse 11, when the religious leaders, the Pharisees, saw it, they said to his disciples, why does your master eat with publicans and sinners? Wow. Why does your master sit down with these guys? He should be judging them and just condemning them. And we all get to that place in our lives. You know, I remember when I first got saved, I was working at a plant up in New York. Uh, and, and I used to um, bring my Bible to, 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 to work with me. And uh, these unsaved guys around me, every chance I get, I was just on their case. <laughs> I was just on their case. Uh, because some of these guys that I, I was working with, you know, they were involved with all kinds of stuff drinking, going to the bar. They leave work, they go to the bar. They're cursing. Every word that comes out of that is a curse word. Uh, and and, and I, w- I wanted to save them. I wanted to do the work of the Holy Spirit. I wanted to save them. And so what I did was I was constantly beat, beating them with the Bible, Bible verses that is, you know, you need to be saved. That's wrong. I was being their judge. I was judging them. And instead of drawing them to Jesus, guess what? I was turning them away from Jesus. When we judge people, we're turning people away from Jesus. Because that's not our responsibility. That's not our job. Our job is not to judge people. Our job is to save people, to show them how they can become a part of God's kingdom. And we show that through mercy and compassion and kindness and uh, showing them the love of Almighty God. And so these Pharisees, their idea was, you should not be sitting down with these publicans and sinners. Why is your master having fellowship and communion with these people? But verse 12, Jesus said, when he heard it, they that are whole do not need a physician, but they that are sick. Okay, that's the bottom line. People that are lost people that are messed up, 
people that are broken, they need the Lord. They are the ones that need uh, the doctor. A lot of times, often, we just hang around people that are Christians. As a matter of fact, they said that after you become saved, after a while, you don't even know, you don't have many unsaved friends anymore. The only friends that you have are Christian friends. And, and so uh, you don't have opportunities to really connect with unsaved people and, and to show them the love of God. And that's one of the things that my wife and I, we have uh, been doing in our community, in our neighborhood. We have been reaching out to our unsaved neighbors. And uh, we would invite them to events uh, that we have at our house, like a little Christmas uh, party. We would invite them there. Uh, we're having a picnic in our backyard. We'd invite them there. Uh, someone of our neighbor that is not saved is sick. My wife would cook some food and bring it over to, to him. Uh, we're connecting with unsaved people. So it's not just being around other Christians. Sometimes it's scary, right, to be around unsaved people because um, you don't, you know, the, the idea is that, man, these people are going to rub off on me. But if you have a purpose, it doesn't matter what people think or what people say. If you have a purpose and an intention that you want to show these people how to become a part of uh, the kingdom of God, how to be saved, how to know the Lord as their personal Savior, you're just going to do it. Just going to do it. Invite them to your house. Go to their home. Share the gospel with them. First of all, make connections with them. Get to know them. Don't just... Tell people about Jesus, but show no interest in them. Show that you really care for them. So Jesus said, they that are whole don't need a physician, but they that are sick. And he says, go and learn what this means. I will have mercy and not sacrifice. I desire mercy. God says, I delight in mercy. I have pleasure in mercy. I have pleasure in kindness and goodwill towards the broken with the desire to help them. That's what I am concerned about. I am concerned about mercy, not sacrifice, not religious rituals, not all of the performance and the external performance of religion like these Pharisees were involved in. They were so intense in their religious worship, but they were so lacking in mercy. Jesus says, I have pleasure in mercy and that sacrifice. So we need to ask the Lord, God, give me a heart of mercy. Give me a heart of compassion. Give me a heart of tenderness towards broken people. Uh, I, I'm not better than uh, they are. Uh, I, I'm just a sinner just as much as they are. It's by the grace of God that I am what I am. And God will begin to give you this mercy and this compassion. Jesus continues in verse 13. He says, I did not come to call righteous people, people that are already justified, people that are already good. They do the right thing. I came to call sinners to repentance, to turn away from their sins and to uh, turn 
to God. That's our, that's what Jesus did. He did not go around judging people. His goal was to see people come to salvation. Jesus did not look at the externals. He looked at the internal, the need. And that's what we need to look at. uh, John chapter 4, we're not going to go there, but in John chapter 4, that's another uh, connection that Jesus had with this woman of Samaria. She was a different race, different ethnicity, uh, different religion. Uh, she had all kinds of moral issues. She was married five times. She's living with a guy. Um, all kinds of social stigma was going on here. But Jesus reached out to her. He saw that this woman had a need. Here he's sitting at the well. He's hungry. He's starving. The disciples went to get some food. And Jesus, instead of just kind of sitting there looking at this Samaritan woman, who uh, his own countrymen, Jesus' countrymen, instead of going, around, uh, going through Samaria to go up to Galilee, they would go around Samaria. Instead of talking to a Samaritan, they would consider a Samaritan a nobody. Here, Jesus is reaching out to this woman. He began the conversation by just saying, may I have a drink, please? Okay? So uh, that's, a, that's a, a powerful way to begin a conversation with anybody. Just ask a question or just offer something. Make connection with people. That's it. Just make a connection. You may be scared to death. You may say, I don't know what to say to this person. Ask the Lord to give you the wisdom, what to say. Make a connection with somebody. Jesus made a connection with this woman. And before you know it, he's offering her the water of life. He's offering her eternal life. And the Bible tells us that this woman, she uh, received uh, Jesus, accepted him as Messiah. She went back to the town. She told the men. They came. Uh, some of them got saved. Jesus stayed in town. People got saved after two days. And almost a revival began in that town. We reach one lost person. They tell somebody else who tells somebody else. Aaron, Wa- Aaron Walsh reached me in 1977 on the ship. That I went out to sea for six months. I came back at the end of uh, 1977. The first person I led to the Lord was my wife. That night, I, I didn't even wait till the next day. <laughs> I, I, I opened the Bible <laughs> and I said, uh, this is how to be saved. And she asked the Lord to save her. And from there, over the t- time, we've been leading people to Jesus Christ. Just ask the Lord to just give you that one person. Don't look at their outside. Don't look at what they, they look like racially or ethnically or uh, verbally, or the way they speak their language or even their religion. Don't look at their religion. We have people that we uh, have touched their lives that are a different religion from us. But they really care for us, and we care for them even though they're not saved and they're of a different religion. Uh, We just need to ask the Lord to give us a heart of mercy, a heart of compassion, and uh, not to look at the outside, but to look at the inside of people. Jesus was always reaching out to people. I want to say this morning that people who are unsaved, 
they are already judged. Look at verse 18 of our text. The Bible says, He that believeth on him is not condemned, is not judged. If you're saved, if you're born again, if you're a Christian, uh, there's no condemnation. But it says, But he that believeth not is condemned already. So the unsaved people around us who are not saved, who are not born again, they're already under the condemnation of Almighty God. They're already under the judgment of God. And so it's not our responsibility to go ahead and put another second judgment on them, our own judgment. They're already under God's judgment. Our responsibility, again, is to show them the love of God. What sinners really need is love, showing compassion to them, just like Jesus did. We must give them mercy. That's what they need, mercy. Mercy. Be merciful. As believers, we're not here on earth to judge the world. It doesn't matter what their uh, condition uh, uh, is. We're here to show people how to become a part of God's kingdom. We're here to show them the mercy of God, the compassion of Jesus. We're here to show them how much God loved the world and sent his son into this world to die for this world. We're here to show them grace. We're here to show them truth. We're here to show them love, loving people to Jesus. What does it take to love sinners and not to judge them and condemn them? What does it take? What does it really take? I would say this morning it takes death to ourself. We want to judge people. It's natural for us to judge people. It's just natural. We have this tendency to judge instead of being merciful, to be critical instead of being compassionate, to be condemning instead of being encouraging. It's just a natural thing, right? It's just a natural thing. You know, I remember when our kids were in school and they would come home with a good report card. The report card may have A's, 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 B, B, and maybe a C or something. And guess what, guess what we're focusing on? The C. <laughs> Instead of encouraging them and saying, man, you did very well over here. You did very well over there. We neglect that and we just focus on the negative. And so sometimes we look at people and we're just focusing on the negative. That's the way we are. That's self. That's our self. We need to ask God to help us to deny ourselves and to say no to ourselves. We need to ask God to help us to do that. The second thing that it's going to take to love sinners and not to judge them, it requires being filled with the Holy Spirit. If you're a believer, if you're a child of God, uh, not only must the flesh be crucified for us to love others, but we must be constantly being filled and guided and directed by the Holy Spirit. We need to listen to the Holy Spirit. If he's telling us to say something to this person, say it. If, uh, ask them for a drink of water or help them or do something, do it. Allow the Holy Spirit to work through you. 
Just do it. Just like, remember Philip in Acts chapter 8. You know, he left Samaria. The Holy Spirit says, go down to Gaza, which is towards the desert. He went there. He was just walking along. He saw this Ethiopian eunuch coming along, and he heard the guy reading. And he says, do you understand what you're reading? And the guy says, no. That's just a simple question. Do you understand what you're reading? (laughs) That's a very simple question. And so allow the Holy Spirit to give you the questions and allow him to give you the answers also. And just allow him to work through you to touch people's lives. It's the Spirit of God that loves people through us. Lastly, I want to say to you this morning that love does not compromise. This is very important. Love does not compromise because love must be connected with truth. So it's vitally important that even though we're showing love and compassion and mercy to lost people, to broken people, it's vitally important that we tell them the truth. Because if we just love them, the reality is that we're going to get caught up into compromising. So uh, grace by itself is dangerous because grace will (laughs) cause us to compromise because we don't understand the sinfulness of sin. Sin is really sinful. And if we're just showing grace and mercy and compassion, and it's not enough. But we, also, we need to sandwich it with truth. But listen carefully. Truth by itself is dangerous also because truth by itself can be caustic. It must be grace and truth mixed together. I love you, and I'm telling you the truth. I care for you, and I'm telling you the truth. This is what the Bible says. You must be born again. You must repent. You must turn away from God. But I love you with all of my heart, and I care for you. And if there's anything I can do for you, I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to give my all for you. But the truth is that you must be saved. So grace and truth must be connected together, not just truth all by itself. You need to get saved. You need to get saved. I don't really love you. You need to get saved. And it's not like, I really love you. I really love you. But no truth. You can do whatever you want to do. It's got to be both. Our lives must be balanced by grace and truth if we're going to see people come to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so this morning, I want to conclude by saying this. May God help each one of us to reach out to our family by loving them to Jesus. Sure, you have family members that are not saved. I have a, a, most of my family uh, members are not saved. It may be a spouse that is not saved, a son or a daughter, or maybe your grandchildren or other family members. Ask the Lord to help you to love them. It's, it's very tough, uh, especially to try to Reach out to family members that are overboard. (laughs) Ask the Lord to help you to love them, to be merciful, to be kind, to be patient towards them. Let us reach out to our relatives and love them to Jesus. Brothers, your sisters, your nieces, your nephews, aunts, uncles. Let us reach out to a lost world. People at work, people in your community, people that you meet. uh, Wherever they are, your neighbors, co-workers, strangers. Let us ask God to give us mercy and compassion. Help 
I ask God to help us not to judge the world, but to show the world how they can be reconnected to Almighty God. We are ambassadors. We are reconcilers uh, like Jesus was. This is my challenge to you. In the next seven days, maybe next Sunday you could come back to church in Sunday school and just share what God has helped you. Maybe in the next seven days, uh, how about finding someone, reaching out to a person, somebody that you know, maybe at work or wherever, a family member, and do something for, uh, for them or say something to them that would be a beginning, a blessing to them, to meet an unconditional need, maybe to tell them about the love of God or to witness to them in love or just, just with the idea of my desire is to see this person come to Jesus. It doesn't have to be overboard. Just something simple. Begin with that. In the next seven days, invite them to church maybe. Do something to help them by the grace of God. So my invitation to you this morning is if you're here today and you're not a believer, Jesus did not come to judge you. It doesn't matter where you've been, what you have done. It doesn't matter how you've lived and what is going on in your life or what is going on in your life. Jesus didn't come to judge you. He came to save you. He loves you. And the Bible tells us that he's going to come back one day and he's going to judge the world. But the first time that he came and, for, and now he wants to save you. He wants to forgive you of your sin. You just need to ask him to forgive you, turn away from your sin, and turn to Almighty God. And if you are saved today, just ask God to empower you with his Holy Spirit and to help you to love people to Jesus. Let's pray.